Would you want to be a cowboy? Yes. All day long. But yeah, it just seems dirty to me. It's hard, really. I like me luxuries. <laughs> it's, um... And it depends, are you answering as in, like, a cowboy at the time or, like, a cowboy on a ranch in present day? No, I think cowboy in the time. Would you? Definitely cowboy in the time, yeah. I just can't yeah. be bothered. I think it's... it's... <laughs> we'll come to it later. <laughs> oh, it's... It's not for me. It just, it just looks dirty. Well, do you not like beans? No, I don't like beans. <laughs> don't like and horse. I like a really hot shower. What <laughs> about horses? Not a fan of horses. It's just not for me, is it? What about leather chaps? Different. Let's move on. Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. And my name is Liam. So this podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, I don't know why you came here tonight. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows that we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. in the hot seat tonight asking the questions Liam is the guest so as always first question then dead obvious question what is it you're going to talk about it's a film this week um the film I've chosen is Young Guns oh interesting yes okay so um who's in it quickly we'll come back to this a little later with Emilio Estefaz, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips and Charlie Sheen amongst others Released in 1989, a budget of 13 million. So we were 10. Yeah, we were 10 budget. Did go on and gross over 45 million. So You're answering all my questions now. So it wasn't too much. Well, we, we, we know what <laughs> we'll we're go doing now. We are experts <laughs> in this. So why have you made the choice to put it on your list for this week? couple of reasons. Um, first of all, if you said to me, give me a list of the 100 best movies that you love, that 100 best movies, it probably wouldn't be on there. But when it's about your favourite movies, do you know what I mean? There's a difference of... Right, okay. So if you said to me, give us a list of the, of the best movies you've seen. This, you go for quality, don't you? This would not be in it. And also, I don't care what you say, when people ask you to make lists, you make lists to show off. They'll be like, oh, I'd have put Citizen Kane on the list. I've never watched it once. Like, you know, it. It, it is, it's worth watching. But if you said, this is telling, is it's my second choice on our podcast and it's my first film. So that says a lot. Is so it like a comfort film? Then? It's, it, it's a comfort film. Um, me and my dad loved watching westerns, westerns as a kid, so that all plays into it. Um, but the, the little story behind it is, I remember when it came out in the cinema, um, and my dad took me to 
Warrington, which was the first multiplex cinema we had up up this way, right. um, not far from IKEA wise. And I was just blown away by it. But it was just oh, it was the most beautiful place I'd ever been to. Do you know what I mean? It was it was it not Warrington. It the was cinema. it was the first okay, no, I was born there. <laughs> Upset. Her. We lost all our listeners from Warrington now. I apologize. Sorry to sorry to my sister and brother in law who live out there as well. Um but it was the it's a first multiplex, another large like yeah. as we come to know multiplexes in yeah, this country. Cinnas for me was the Alan Mode one, which was a two Two yeah. screen cinema, yeah. wasn't it? So and you know, the Odeon which we mentioned on London Road had three or four and the ABC yeah. on Lime Street had a couple. Um but it was the first purpose built multiplex cinema I ever went to and it was like they had arcades, they had pick and mix. Was it the Turtles arcade game? Oh yes, it was always there. And it was just and we mentioned this before, they had the biggest cardboard cutouts. For all the upcoming films. So there it was. I can't remember what I'd gone to see. My dad had took me and there was the cardboard cutout for young guns. And if you need to Full see, size. Yes. And it's just all of them just stood there. It's, 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 it's the poster, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and it was just like, wow, this is a But it was too young to go and see it. Couldn't go and see it. And, you know, couldn't get in. Um, too young for young guns. Too young <laughs> <laughs> and not too long obviously we again we mentioned about this before what was to, it was it 15 I think so yes I'll have to, we'll have to double check on probably on, a 15 I, my, my, yeah, it was, I think it was pre-days of 12 once 12 came out 12. it revolutionised everything didn't it because everything became Ooh. a 12 but before then it was 1989 with Batman though yes so it probably Batman might have been a bit later in the year I don't think Young Guns was a 12 I think um, Bobby was. Yeah, 15, I think 15. Um, but anyway, we waited however long we waited back then but to come out on VHS. And again, I remember I was in my dad's... My dad had a house in Runcorn in Holton Village. And literally, Holton Village, I don't know if you know, there's, there's only one thing in the middle of Holton Village, and it's the corner shop, which also had a video store on the back of it. And my dad's house was next oh, door to a it. Store or shop? It like was a, it, it was it was a corner shop. Right. And in the back room, he turned into oh, a video okay. store. Like Vera's used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we, uh, we got two step brothers, Mike and Kevin, and they 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 came back with a pile of videos. They'd gone, and one of them was Young Guns, and I was I finally got to watch <laughs> it. So obviously, how old were we? Eighty nine. We were ten at the time, so it's probably like 10, 11 at that age where films are just like wow and I got to see Young Guns and it just was just it was fantastic it was really really good memory of, of all that time of your life and also another memory attached to it is if you remember I know you remember because you spent half your teen years in the video store on Derby Lane yeah well I was when I said Vera's then listen to that that was like what exactly what you were saying it was a shop in the front yes did all your milk and bread yeah. and stuff, and then then half of it was was um, a video shop, and then Swan Video, Swan an Video. actual oh, only VHS. It was a mecca shop. It opened. was a mecca. and it probably put him thinking about it. It's probably not much bigger than the room that we no, sat in. No, no. <laughs> Which, but at the time, there was no other yeah. standalone video shop. Was the certainly within walking distance. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, was the so just to to just nostalgia even more if yeah. that's a word um, I remember being in there and they used to sell off ex-rental videos didn't yeah. they 
And there was young guns in the big, remember the big, yeah, the yeah. larger cases, which were a pain for OCD when you stacked them up on your shelf, <laughs> because they were the different size to normal videos. So you have to have a separate stealth of the X rental ones. I managed to get a copy of Young Guns. And bear in mind, that was probably the only copy. Possibly, yeah. Because most shops, again, this is for our younger listeners, when you went to the video shop, if that film wasn't in, you couldn't get it. Yeah. Because this was prior to Blockbuster where... You know, they had hundreds. Like, I yeah, think, hundred I think copies video stores got a little bit better where they'd have like two, two copies. But it was so expensive yeah, they that were. a video You've... shop could only have sort of one. So you probably bought... Once you bought that copy... They probably didn't have another yeah, copy. Possibly, so, possibly. You know, it's so um, weird to think of it now, isn't it? So that so it's all their memories attached to young guns. Like I yeah. said, it's nowhere near the best film I've ever watched. It's not a bad film. I think we've we both watched it recently. Oh, I, love it. I really enjoyed it and it's it's everything of its time. Uh, quick synopsis, it's a it's like a landowner beef cattle rancher man who, who takes in young 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 kids who are a bit of a tearaways, and he looks after him, and he gets into a bit of beef. Excuse the pun with another beef cattle <laughs> man, um, and it's all it goes into like you know vigilantes and deputised, and it's a, t- a typical classic western story of revenge and whatnot. And these these bunch of kids go and revenge the death of their sort of mentor. Mentor, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. The, the film itself, Young Guns, big cast. Mm. So who's in it that we know? Um, what else have they been in? Okay, so the best thing about it, and we've mentioned it before, is you've got Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen, brothers. Yeah. And I think it was... Um, I don't know if it was the first film they actually were in. But they, did men, they both did Men at Work, where they shared the credit. I, I think that's after, isn't it? I think it's yeah. after. Um so you've got Emilio Estevez, obviously famous for the... They're all a Rat Pack Illuminati, aren't they? That came through the early 80s. So you've got Emilio Estevez. I, some of his early ones are picked out with The Breakfast Club, which I do yeah. love. St. Elmo's Fire. Uh, Steakout. Another Steakout. Steakout. I know it's so... Wow, I might have to do Steakout on, on this. And... Um, if you, don't, he, if you don't say Mighty Ducks, you're gonna to have to leave. Mighty Ducks <laughs> is the next one on the list because he does, and he's 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 ran with Mighty Ducks for years now. I think they've got a series on yeah, Disney yeah. Plus, haven't they? And I put another one here because because I put it to watch the way, um, and it's with him and Martin Sheen, and I've never even heard it. I know when you were on, we were looking, and it was, I think it's the early nineties, and the IMDb put us like a seven and a half rating, and it's him and him and Martin Sheen, which is yeah. his dad, and I'm like never even so put that down to one to watch, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Who else have we got in here? Well, his big, bro- I don't know who's oldest, is Charlie the oldest or Emilio? I think I Charlie. Charlie. I guess Charlie. I guess Charlie. Yeah. So say. anyway, his big brother Charlie is also in it. And oh my god, like the, between these two in the eighties, right? So look, yeah. you forget about Charlie Sheen, Platoon, Wall Street, Classic, yeah. Major League. I love Major League. And yeah. then he saw them. Um, the bad decisions started coming in, like well, things like the, the drugs <laughs> and the drink. Well, <laughs> could so be you've... there could be a connection here with the quality of films now. As you're gonna name, I mean, it sort of goes into he did Navy Seals, which was a bit of a poor action. Yeah, the Chad Sam was a big action. Yeah, star, which he, he wasn't, and then he sort of took the piss out of that with Hot Shots, didn't he? Which which had moments. It was from the, the Hot Shots, really good. So the, Hot Shots, 
Tell us what Hot Shots is. It's like a it's a parody of of Naked Gun and that really isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And then Hot Shots part the but it's it's yeah it's um, Top Gun isn't it? Yes, yeah. And the the main one amongst every other film of the time and the genre, it's really yeah. Because Hot Shots Part Two is Mambo, I think, isn't it? Yes, Mambo, (laughs) yeah. And then he obviously Charlie amongst doing a lot of Charlie, (laughs) he he then had a bit of a surge with two men. Two was it two and a half men TV series, which was a massive, which was a massive hit, and he was literally. Excuse off his tits, but it's much hole making it, <laughs> which is absolutely you know, it's well. I think it, at one point, wasn't he earning like a million pounds an episode? Yes. He was on, I, I, think, I remember when it I was think he needed that just to pay his drug team. Well, yeah, probably it's probably <laughs> all gone. You have when you watch videos and see for he was off the Richter scale. Yeah. I'm like, how he's still alive and actually looks quite well with his tiger blood and stuff. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, he he lost the plot a bit. When um, Two and a Half Men come out, it was one of them that I thought, I'll give it a go because it's a sitcom and I do love mm. Charlie Sheen. Regardless of the fact that he hadn't really done anything good for years. No. The only thing I can remember he was Am in... Am I invent making this up or was Michael J. Fox originally... No, it was Hugh Grant. Shut up. Yeah. I can't... Oh, oh, oh it might have been Hugh Grant that was going to take over. No, it was. It was Hugh Grant. I'm pretty sure we'd probably have to Google this afterwards. Yeah, we'll have I'm to pretty run. sure Hugh Grant got offered it and said no, and Charlie Sheen <clears throat> did it. So Charlie Sheen was there from the start. Charlie Sheen was in from the start with um, Alan. I don't know Alan's the character. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Yeah, we'll yeah. So if we, he's listening, we, <laughs> we we forgot, you know. But um, it was a great. It was it was a great show. The only other film I can recommend. And probably though, if you watch it now, it's probably really dated. But the rookie with him and Clint Eastwood. Yes. But yeah. I think it's probably really yeah. badly dated because it was like a nineties action yeah. movie. But go on, who else have we got? Who else we've got? That's not related. Well, Kiefer Sutherland, <sighs> and obviously the Sutherlands and the Sheens are Hollywood dynasty between yeah. them. So Kiefer Sutherland at like the two films he made previously to this was Stand by Me and Lost Boys. Some like, that, isn't it? literally, he was... I didn't realise they were that close, to be Yeah, they were all literally one... And he, he, he also did Flatliners, Few Good Men, The Vanishing, if you remember yeah. The Vanishing, and The Three Musketeers with Charlie Sheen. Remember, remember Three Musketeers? Um, and then he went on to actually dominate and almost create box set binge TV with 24. Yeah. I can keep... Don't... Don't knock how much important Clinton was in that culture of binge watching TV shows. So I think it was a memorable mention 24. Who else we've got in there? Um, Lou Diamond Phillips, who Great was actor. hot on the back of La Bamba, which was a massive success. Um, and then he went into a couple of films like Stand and Deliver. Um, TV wise, last last 10, 15 years, he's done more TV. Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, he had a big run in a. In a Modern day western called Longmire. Are you aware of that? I haven't that? seen that. Oh, Chase, Chase Momo in that. No. No, I think of a different one. He's, it's, you'll recognise a few people in there have been in quite a lot of stuff. I watched the first few series of it going back a few years ago. It's fantastic. It's, 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 it's up there with Justified, this older cop oh, right. sheriff in a small town. Uh, although it's modern day, it's it's a western. It's 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 the sp- one, it's man. the spirit of the west. Really, really good. And also, he went on to do which is I haven't seen Prodigal Son. 
is is very highly rated TV series of the last couple of years. Don't know much about it. Is that with Michael Sheen? Don't know. Don't know. It's a TV series. And okay. I just seen. I was just trying to pick up something in modern. And was like basically I've, that's on my list. To it's watch. a Michael Sheen one. I think that did get cancelled, so don't run, don't run off and watch it just yet. <laughs> I think it might only be like a couple of series, if it is that one. Okay, who else have we got in Young Guns? Um, there's a couple of other character actors in there, but a few few others I'm going to pull out is Jack Palance plays the, the, the classic baddie in there. Yeah. An absolute stalwart of Hollywood from the 50s, 60s, you know, films like Shane. And then later to go on to film Famous for City Slickers was one of his last big ones, yeah. wasn't it? Um, who else we got in there? Terrence Stamp. I'd completely forgotten Terrence Stamp was in it. I did when you mentioned it about you were going to put Young Guns on this. And then you mentioned Terrence Stamp. I was thinking, who was he? In it because he's, it's not really a big part, yeah, and it's been yeah. so long since I've seen it. And it's and, a, it's a critical part as well. Well, I was going to say he always plays bad guys. Yes. So like when you mentioned, because I was thinking, well, Jack Lance is the bad guy, so I couldn't quite picture. because yes. like I said, it's been probably twenty years since I'd watched the film. I couldn't quite picture who he was, and he's great, isn't he? He's yeah. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. So turns out, obviously famous for initially playing Zod in the Superman Zod, movies. Yeah. And then went on to star in Smallville for, for many, many years, which I never watched Smallville. I, I didn't go to that. He was, you're right, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And then, just to give it, mm-hmm. just while we're running on a Superman theme, the film's directed by Christopher Kane, who's the stepfather of Dean Kane from... From Superman. From Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <coughs> so I think, I think, yeah, you're right, I think Terrence Stamp plays... The Superman's dad, doesn't he? I used to think he's the voice, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's in it for... He's in it for... He's Jor-El in the I don't really bit. watch much Smallville. Yeah, I don't think he's physically in it. I think he's just... Because I did watch Smallville, but Because he's got... He's, he's, he's the voice of Jor-El in He's got in an amazing voice, isn't he? You, yeah. you can see why he does... There's, the, there's another film, I don't know if you've got it on your list, but one called The Limey. Yeah, I saw that. I've never that, seen it. I did... That's a really good that, film, That's yeah. a, I'll it's definitely worth a watch. Dig that one out. And another honourable mention for obvious reasons, Patrick Wayne has a small part as Pat Garrett. Patrick Wayne is, is it John Wayne's son. Why again? I didn't know this. Yeah. It, so it was just like I didn't know until we were doing the research again because and obviously it's young guns and they make a nod to John Wayne by having a son play Pat Garrett. It's like it's almost meta before they knew what meta was. Is yeah, ca- yeah, casting someone in that role. Yeah, it, you couldn't have thought of anyone better, could you? No. The um, just before you do move on, because I think people will know Dermot Moroni, um, is one of the is one of the young guns. I think everyone knows him from Friends. He's the one that takes Rachel's job when she's off having the baby. Oh my God! Yeah. That, I mean, he's in lo- he's in loads of things, but I just think that's probably the one the listener will kind of recognise from. And if you're an Arrested Development fan. He's, he's in now as well. Oh, um, I didn't put that one together. A little bit later. And one I didn't realise, but the the guy who plays um, Charlie, uh, his name's Casey. I'm going to get this one going. Casey Samasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to meant to go on. I'll let you do that. Uh, no, it's a little bit later. Um, uh, did you mention what he's in? No, no, no. So he is in Back to the Future 2 as one of the bullies, you know, that are chasing Martin McFly. Oh. He's the one called 3D because he's got 3D glasses on. 
that's him. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Would have pulled that one. No, out. I never would have known that one. Like I sort of, I didn't include them too many because it's a big cast. We could sit here and talk about yeah. the cast and what they've been in all day. Charlie Sheen's role. I don't know if we're going to this. Is not not a big role. Not no. that huge, no. and he probably doesn't have many lines. No, I'd no. Say. no, not at all. He's integral to the to yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. He's not like the biggest sort of um, character. Is he? Who is your favorite character then? Favorite character is. I'm gonna go with. Kiefer Sutherland's character, he plays Doc. Yeah. I think he's just, it's a fantastic performance by Kiefer Sutherland. And I think it's at the point of his career where he's just smashing it. He is just, he's loving life. And the reason I love his character is he's not your totally typical Western character. He doesn't quite fit into any of the obvious roles because Westerns are very, um, you've got, you Obviously, there's loads of different sub-genres in Western but he's not... You've got Billy the Kid, who's the main, who's the main. He's very clever, but a little bit crazy. And, and these are all real characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll come, I'll mention that a bit later. Um, and then Charlie Sheen played Dick, who was the very straight, which was, you know what I mean, complete opposite to what, yeah. you know, he was like the, the sort John of, Wayne type. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? he was very straight. And Chavez, who was Lou Diamond Phillips, he was... Mixed Mexican Indian heritage with a very complicated character with everything that's going on. Mm. And then you've got um, Doc, played by Keith Sutherland, who was like, thought himself as a bit of a poet, a writer, a, a voice of, of reason. Yeah. And there's the scene where they go back to um, Ten Stamps' friend, who's like the, the lawman in the town, and he's like, well, why, why, why you got caught up in this? And he's just like, it's just a psycho who got caught up in. And he was just, and I love that, 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 you know, he's, He's a good guy, probably the most balanced, but he still got caught up in this absolute, like, renegade mission, yeah. which it just goes in, you know what I mean? The, the, the task to kill and to going in and rounding up, because they deputised all the Young Guns characters, they deputised to go and get the killers of who, who Ten stamped John Tunstall's character was. And he, in the end, he just go go around shooting them all and then they ended up getting chased by the, by the army and all, and all bounty hunters um, so it's just it's just chaos but his his character is, is my favourite um, and obviously you've got the love interest there between the, the, the Chinese girl which <laughs> is a little bit dated because she's just referred to as China doll in, yeah. in, you know and the, and the context behind it um, but it wasn't the worst writing with him and her it was just it was you know no and to be honest I've made a note to talk about that later when we're talking about the scenes and stuff so that, that I'm glad you kind of have already kind of started to so agree. I think he's your favourite yeah, yeah. and you know Emilio Estes is, is obviously he's he's fantastic isn't he, he is, yeah. it is one of his standout roles but it's just I'm always drawn to keep Sutherland in it because I think he's just the most interesting character and the one you think Wow! How did you end up in this group of vigilantly gunmen? Yeah. It it it. It's and Keeper Sutherland's a movie star, isn't he? Yes. I know, like he's obviously now famous for Jack Bauer, yeah. but he, at that at that time he was a movie star, he was, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. I I um I would probably if you'd asked me I probably would have said Ten Stamp because I do think he's so good in it. He is. He is um, like we meant a very small part, but he's he kills it. And apparently that character in real life though was younger than all Yes, I was reading. <laughs> so uh, what we mentioned, historically, a lot of historians have actually said it's probably the most accurate film about Billy the Kid. Yeah, and there's a it, lot it, of films... If, if that maybe the surroundings <clears throat> and everything else along with it is maybe not accurate, but <coughs> Billy the Kid himself and what 
he got up to and stuff. It, you know, yeah. I think, and he and he mentioned it in the film because as they go through the film, Keeper Sutherland is reading out the, the newspaper articles and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. What really happens, there's a scene in it where uh, Emilia Westfest shouts over to Doc, how many people that now? Is that, that 25? And Doc goes, no, it's five. He goes, well, call it 10. And it was that, that whole, the, the media at the time, the, 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 the newspapers absolutely got caught up in this story because it was it was the scene where he says oh where he kills the lawman in in, in the border town and like and he holds his gun and that yeah and it was mentioned the fact he was a lefty but he wasn't it was because at the time the photograph was reversed oh, I'm so sure so he wasn't really a lefty and I'm thinking loads of things like so, so that does take us into what is your favourite scene then favourite scene okay I've got a couple and I wanted to, to sort of give you. Because it's not one of the ones you were going to mention. No. No? Okay. But it is. Oh, I, I, do. I was thinking you were tiptoeing on to no. the next question there. No. Um, couple of scenes I've picked out is... I love the initial scene where they're all sat around having dinner quite early on when uh, Emilio has been a kid's character's first been brought into to the, to the, to the house and they're having a meal. And the other two characters, we were sort of hacking them. Taking them, taking them, hacking them, and then he would like sort of and ten stamps characters like that's no way to treat our new guests. So they sort of change conversation, and the conversation comes back to the kid. So you know, the story is you've killed someone, and Billy the kid, Amelia Estevez, just comes like, yeah, he was hacking me off, and it's (laughs) just, it's just like I'll just. You just go, yeah, he's he's blonde. Yeah, yeah, because even ten stamps characters has a little smile, doesn't he? He doesn't want to let on, but so that that's. A really, I think that sort of sets up the the group dynamics before you, and that's when you start to realise actually, the kid, he's going to be he's going to be the big character in it because you're not too sure yeah. at that point. Um, another scene, I it always just it's it's just hilarious is the one where they're in the mountains and basically Chavez <laughs> goes and gets the hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms. And they're all just tripping off the tits. Like, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Do you know you've got? My only problem with that scene is, so by this point, they're being hunted by yes. all of, like, Jack Palance's people. They're in an issue where they basically can't go north, can't go east, can't go south, because they've got... They are, one group of bounty hunters coming one way, um, Jack Palance's crew coming on the other way, the army coming the other yeah. way. Well, and, and, and we, we were stuck in the mountains, so the, 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 the native Indian side of Chavez, Lou Diamond, goes and gets them the, the magic mushrooms, and he's trying to find a way of what can he do. And it was all great, but it completely pointless as well because he said, We must go west of Sea Vision. And Billy Kick goes, Now we're going, we're going back to town. <laughs> all right, then. So it was, it was a wasted scene. But it's, just so it's hilarious. It is, and it's a bit out there as well. You know, you've got all of them, like Keith Sutherland, and this is what I think is one of my favourite bits of him in it. And he's sort of like, is she the flower? Am I the flower? He's got a really deep voice. Yeah, because they're, and then all the other characters are, are dealing with the effects of hallucinogenic drugs in their own way. Billy the kid goes to pick the gun up and he flies over his hand, yeah. and he's just stood there going, I don't. <laughs> Um, it's a mad scene at like a weird time in the film yeah. for me. It's just and like, I love the bit of from that they then go into a native Indian settlement and the character's like, oh my God, why aren't they killing us? Because we're in the spirit world. And we're in the spirit world. <laughs> just, just, it was, it, did, did you also see that scene that's not Kiefer Sutherland? 
No. Oh, I, I remember reading about it before. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he keeps so Nunn's character's got his face covered, and he's kind of at the front um, of the 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 row of the, them on the horses. Apparently, it's because he's I don't know his girlfriend or his wife at the time. She was having a baby, so he wasn't there. So they obviously just went, "Well, let's just get someone and put a mask on him <laughs> and <coughs> stick him in a hat, and he'll be absolutely fine." My, go on, go on. Have you got another scene? Still, I've got one, but it's on. not. My favourite scene is within is within the last sequence. The standoff okay. at the end is is fantastic. It is really good, um, but there's just one moment in the standoff which it just cracks me up every time, and I love it. Is where they're all holed up. They're in they're in the house, and Billy Kitchell's down to a character called Pepper, who's going. He says, uh, "I see you got Charlie with you there." And he goes, <laughs> "Yeah," and he basically, and then Charlie immediately jumps up, just shoots him, and gets back down. And go, "Hey, Pepper, Charlie Crawford, not with you anymore." <laughs> and it's just it in, in this good. absolute like really quite tense scene. It's a fantastic. It just cuts cuts right through it, and it it just gets. I love that that. The end sequence of the standoff is the best bit, and that little bit in, in it is really good. That, well, that that funny enough you say that because the scene that I really liked is a funny scene, but also the reason I like it is because Billy so Billy Kay comes in, doesn't he, with the family, and they make that joke, don't be that I'm killing people. And at this point, you don't know if that's true, do you? Mm. That's kind of just gossip, isn't it? And then later on, when they get the you know the. The, the sheriff's badges and the deputies and stuff and they go to get the guy in the bar and they go to Billy you go get him and he goes in the toilet and they think what is he going to do what is he up to and he just shoots him but he's laughing yeah. and you're like alright oh, he is crazy yeah, yeah. Like, he has killed people because at this yeah. point you don't know yeah. if he's killed anyone or is he even capable of killing and, anyone? And also, you know, I think... Is it all talk? I think there's a bit of, especially in Westerns and the, 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 the history and genre of Westerns to kill someone in the toilet with almost, you know, is almost oh that's like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's a bit of honour in how we kill people back. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't then. shoot them in the back to be fair, but but in the toilet, in, you know, yeah. But it was just that moment where you go, ah right, he, he is, is a killer, he's and a... he's is, and he's a little bit unhinged as well. Yes, you know he's not, he isn't quite right. Um, have you got? A favorite piece of music on it is the good song. I know the soundtrack maybe isn't quite as good as no, me. Young Guns Two. Yeah, well, Young Guns Two is famous for Bon Jovi soundtrack. Yeah, and the anchor on this one. There's not really the, the scene where the with the where they're being chasing and down the river and there's no key piece of music. The only little side note I'm going to pull in about oh, music cool. is the there's a scene at the start where I think it's it's uh, Casey's seismic characters. In giving Emilio the rundown of what they are, what a regulator is, you gotta yeah. be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. Which was sampled in Warren G and Nate Dogg's song "Regulate." Oh really? That's if you go oh, back and listen, right. it's the same, the same speech. You gotta be handy with the steel, you know what I mean. Oh, right. da, da, Probably would have knew that at the time, but it's been a long time. It's a classic tune. I'm sure so. Filling gaps there when it comes to music because it's it's not. Song-wise, and there's there's a few issues with music in it as well. Is it? There's a few bits where they're singing songs and and that which would came out years later. Like the song where we mentioned before, where Billy the Kid shoots the the Texas lawman in the bar, because yeah. oh, I heard he he whistled ballads. 
the, the song Emilio Estevez singing is a song from the 1960s. And oh, like, so it makes it's sense not sense. even tra- Whereas there's another bit where um, Jack Palance is in the bar getting drunk singing an old Irish song, but again, mm. that didn't come out until like 1910, 1915, which is not, you know, not too, but you know, so yeah, music wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I bet, yeah, we probably did have the CD, we probably did have the soundtrack because at the time it probably sounded cool. I don't know. Do you not reckon we would have had it? Definitely had the second one. I remember it, it, definitely having Yeah, no, I, think, I don't think there's, there's no. nothing memorable on the first one at all, soundtrack-wise. Okay, so as far as the film goes then, and I've got a couple of points, let's see if we've got the same. What, if anything, would you have done to make it better? And again, this is always a hard it's question because we're talking about films that we love, but that's the question. <laughs> so, Casey says Mako. Again, I'm rich. I'm terrible. Just call Casey. Casey. You know what you mean. He plays Charlie Baudry or Baudre. I'm mean, again. Charlie. Let's just call him. God forgive his listener for our pronunciation. Oh, I'm, I'm late. I'm <laughs> terrible. You think we put the homework in? <laughs> <laughs> the scene where the where they're in the Mexican border town and he meets the girl and marries her and then he yeah. goes in hours later. It, there was there was no there was no point or reason to it. Mm didn't add anything to the story because he literally just got up and left. It wasn't like, no, no, he was torn between coming and... Because it was meant to sort of signify his loyalty to the group. But there was not, there was no tension there. It was like, we've got to go now. It was like, all right, then back to his wife. So yeah. it was a bit pointless. There's no crying or nothing, was there? A little subplot to how it could have made better. And I don't know how this would pan out, pan out. But in a, an interview... And Casey mentioned that when he read the original script, there's around the same time there's a scene where he goes to visit the prostitute and oh, yeah. he just he says, Oh, I just want to sit here and be hugged by you and she just holds him. And it's actually quite a tender scene. I Casey seems to remember when he read the first script that there was more to that in the fact that it turned out it was meant to be his mum. The actual the prostitute, prostitute itself was yeah, his mum. Yeah. Not that he was like just wanted to be a No, no, like, apparently that's wasn't. why he went there and that's oh, why he was. Right, he knew her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so don't know how they panned out and don't know he, he he doesn't seem to remember what, what was filmed, what was not filmed, but he seems to remember that was that was in a, a draft of a script. So nice. I would have and because I remember the scene because he goes, I just want like and it's quite you've seen this film He's in Westerns. You've seen this the scene in Westerns plenty of times where they go to you, oh just hold me but she holds him and there's quite a tender moment and he's just there's, it's nothing sexual about it at all mm. and then when he mentioned it's like oh that sort of does make sense oh, and if you watch that with that in mind now it makes that scene yes better doesn't it yes so I like that something you, you would have added that yeah you would have added that ran with that somehow a little bit more yeah oh you're going to mine then so mm, yeah mm. you might not agree with mine then I'll, I've got I've got two and okay. changed the first one... Well, I'll do the... I'll tell you what, I'll do this one first. I think the romance with Doc and Jensel is very forced. It, it, it's... Like, I just don't get that. So the, the first scene is them dancing and she clearly is uncomfortable and doesn't want him there. The next scene, they're in the street where she tells him to go away. Yes. And then the next scene... He climbs the, the bedroom and says, come with me. And she's thinking about it and you're thinking, have I missed... It's a story in between. I think (laughs) what he didn't quite portray is, and I think this may have been down to 
Paul Wright and Paul directing this. I think they obviously liked each other instantly, but she was awkward because of the, the relationship with Jack Palanza's yeah, character, yeah. who basically bought, ended up buying her. Due he to, took her, didn't he? Yeah, yeah basically. Um, and I think that was more the story, but it was done very clumsy. Yeah, he took it her was, to be paid a debt, didn't he? And also, it's a little bit of the time, it was almost like, oh, keep it, you know, I'm the man, you come with me, almost. Yeah. It, it didn't, it, it, like, but herself, her character was not too. There was, she did add something to it, and when she eventually met up at the end and then ran into yeah, the house, well, it, it did add something. But again, because the story wasn't fully developed, it didn't quite. I didn't quite get why she, like you said, she she turns up at the house. So the so at this point, the house is under siege. Mm. The army's there. You know, anyone going to the house is probably gonna die. Yeah, and I thought there's not been enough. It's been very one-sided, as yes. in, we know Kiefer Sutherland loves this girl, but you never really see that reciprocated it, it, at all, it I don't think. It was very clumsy, and I think it goes back to of the day a little bit. Um, like, she it, should just, he's a handsome guy, she should yeah, just suddenly but I, like him, he's going to rescue her. You know, she's in a very awkward situation, she couldn't show she liked him. As they were, but again, he could have, it could you great film director could have done something in a glance or a look or yeah. something and it wasn't quite there it I, wasn't quite there because everything up to that scene is her telling to go away yes <laughs> and I know we know why she's telling yeah. to go away but like you said there's not even like a little wink to go no, no I no. don't really mean this no. she always seems like she's going to mean it my second one that I really don't like not that I really don't like but always changes so they get out the house Billy the kid's away, he's gone, and he decides to turn around and come back. And he shoots Jack Balance in the head. And I know it's very 80s, and you need that little bit of action bit. But part of me was also thinking, he's not that far away. Why <laughs> Surely did, someone why can did still catch him. Full army <laughs> just stop. and team of, of just turn around and go, oh, he's gone now. Oh, oh there he is. Bam. And he, cause he, he was, came back. Yeah, like, yeah. So literally, so when he first gets away, you think, okay, he's, he's, Why he's sort of no one... at the back and maybe he's, they haven't noticed, but he literally comes back, shoots someone. And he's literally only about 20 you yards away. You can hit him away. in a stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and Jack Palance was stood in the middle of the army. Yeah, yeah. Did no one go, oh, it, it's him. Oh, oh, I'm gone. That's Where's the, me gone? That, it, it feels added on. It yes. feels like... We need a we need a big hero I scene. I would where not be surprised if it was either rewritten or refilmed or something. To I don't. Add. A part of me thinks maybe it was probably always in there, but part of me does think it's a tag on. Like like we can't just it can't just end with the mistake. Again, you know? I think it's quite rudimental directing as well. I think you could have mm. played that out. It could have just been. You could have still done it where he got to shoot him. Or something happened, but in a bit of a better way. Was it? It was a bit. Again, it was a bit. It was nineties action. Yeah, that's all yeah. it was. And we're forgiving. You've no, got to forgive it. No panache to it whatsoever. No. So they they were the two things. The other thing I did read as well was when Emilio Estevez was on set when it wasn't his scenes. He played some yeah. of the bad guys yeah, in, yeah, that, in that scene because he just just as as an extra or whatever. And one of the other extras is. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is in it, yeah. For and literally again, blinking, you miss it. He was just, he was just hanging because they all knew each other. Because yeah, yeah. He was just on set, and he'd never been in a western before, and was so excited. So they said, "Do you want to be 
And so, and I think he was he was not big massive star years now, but he was still well known at the time. He, he would have done a few <coughs> main films by then. Yeah. I think it was just before Cocktail and that. He would have done Risky Business, I imagine. I think Top Gun, post Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun's eighty six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he was actually he was one of the biggest movie stars. Now. Yeah, and he, I love the fact he just I've never been in a western before, and he just went. I'll get shot. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. Yeah. Um, what impression, if any, did the film make? As a film, it sort of brought back the Western a little bit. Without Young Guns, there's a couple of films which I'll come to later, don't get made. And I think it's, mm-hmm. and I think it's quite interesting. At this point is... Young Guns 2, for one. <laughs> <laughs> you have, since the beginning of the formation and creation of, of America, that beautiful far-off land, is... The, the western the psyche of like the lone ranger the lone gunman the the, the wonder it's embedded in their psyche it's it's deep rooted it's still there today do you know what I mean the the idea of a road trip and stuff and being just yeah. being at one in nature I mean and then it's truly embedded in in American culture of what it is and from the beginning of cinematic history westerns were the go-tos in back in the, so the, the 20s 30s 40s 50s was just the heyday of westerns um they then started to evolve a little bit i think you've got the the classic tale of the good the bad the hero and the villain slightly outdated but cowboys and indians you yeah. know they're very simplistic moral Black and white, because they were in black and white films. Um, but they did start to become, within that, a lot more complicated. And they've always reflected what's been going on in American history. So, you know, go right up to the Depression in the 20s, the post-war, Second World War, Vietnam War. It's always reflected what's going on in America. And, and within that, they've done some fantastic stuff um, in movies. And it's where the anti-hero came yeah, as well. Yeah, kid's not... He shouldn't be the your hero, should yeah, he? He's no, not, the good, he's not no, a good guy, and, really. You know, you think of most, you know, westerns now... I'm talking about in the movie rather than the... the yeah. Like the actual person. I mean, in the as sitting down watching the movie, you shouldn't come out going... I really want to be Emilio Estevez. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. I, you know, you don't want to be Billy the Kid. You don't want to be, you know what I mean? It's like, it, yeah. it's, it's a strange... You want to be Doc, because yeah. he's like the good guy, isn't he? And... But he still kills people. Do you know what I mean? It's, it it's, does. You know, it's a, and then... I, it, I've always struck me as... And I remember, because it came back as an article or an interview, Steven Spielberg did, right on the back of where sort of the, the MCU films were really up and running and Spielberg turned around and was like, a little bit belittled superhero movies, as though they will be become the westerns of our, of our time, as in they will just eventually right. die out. Yeah. And I think it's true to a point, because westerns had a, had a run for about 50, 60, 70 years, mm. And it did, like, like I said, it did continually evolve. Um, Clint Eastwood always said, you have to, there's always a different way of telling a story. And I think, and I think for superhero movies, it's it's good, go back and look how, you know, 
how the stories of westerns were similar stories but retold from well, multiple viewpoints. Avatar is just a western. Yes. Avatar is cowboys and Indians essentially, yeah. you know, and that's like a, a sort of current film, isn't it? Um, I watched the the Fablemans recently, the Spielberg one, and he used to do as a student make cowboy movies yeah. like home like home movies as cowboy movies. They were just you know, like you say the equivalent of superhero movies now. That was what if you went yeah. to the cinema, that was what that was, was on. Was and the, if you put the telly on, that was pretty much what was on, wasn't it? At any you know, at any point in the day and, you could find a cowboy. And there's a lot of reasons behind that, um, you know, they were quite cheap to make mm. stuff like that. They could, we could and also people say, Oh, but they were so the you know, studios back then made so many more films than they do now. So it's not it's not it's a bit unfair of Spielberg. I think he was thought to be little and a bit, and it was really. Like, but it's an interesting, and there are themes between westerns and superheroes. You've got your, you've got your hero. You've got your bad guys. There's that, you know, and then within that, you've got your anti-hero, and it, it, there is a lot of similarities, and you can sort of see. And I just, I just hope, um, as the superhero genre gets bigger and bigger and more inflated now we've got the James Gunn sort of Warner Bros universe is just just really cons- you know retelling the same retelling the same story over and over again it, it is a warning go back and see what happens to westerns and also you can I think mean, we know that because the superhero origin movie is already outdated isn't it yeah, everyone. No, I think because we know the characters that we're doing, they're doing, we know so well. Yes. We don't need to see again. I think it's a brand new mm. character, or very you know, un, un kind of. I don't want to say unpopular character, but um, it's it's different. Then you want to know what it is, don't it, you? But you're right. It, we've seen Batman's origin story. Yeah, we you know, need how many times and, now. And I think it's just it's really interesting, and that's that's this is I've always thought of the similarities between westerns and superhero movies, and it, and, and the two genres I bloody love as well. So it's always, and I I have mentioned it before about the, the Disney Plus, and the MCU the MCU Disney Channel uh, Disney series I've been okay not been amazing but I've, I always I always say to people Miss Marvel is the one that stood out because it's the same story but it's a really good fresh way of telling the story of, of yeah. a young Muslim girl and it takes in the history of what went on in India and Pakistan and the divide and it's just a different way of telling the story a different perspective to see the same story from different eyes and I think that's what Clint maybe didn't do I think they did the add genres, but it just sort of died. It, it did, it died there because they went on for like 60, 70 years. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, so, I, I, did you make a note how well it did box office wise, Young Guns? I did, but you mentioned it. 45 million grows from a 13 million. So, the only reason I, I asked that is because I remember when Young Guns came out, it was huge. Yes. And something that makes 45, 50 million now. Is a flop. <laughs> Whereas at the time, a, fi- a film that made 50 to 100 million was massive. And yeah. Young Guns was everywhere. Like it, the, the it posters was, were yeah, everywhere. Was, the, and, and I think as reading the the producers, when you were putting the film together, they could not get a this big studio, would not put money because I found it was a big Western a good few years earlier that studios put money in and absolutely flopped. So at the time, the mid, mid late 80s, Westerns were a no go. Is that the Christopher Walken one? I'm not too sure. I it can't is. remember. It will be Fingergate. Hell, it. Oh, my mind's gone blank with Southern Gate, and that was a massive. Thing so, yeah. Massive studio. Um, so, block, stu- wasn't it? so basically, the, the the company that made it pretty much 
got funding themselves to make it. And also, I think it's at the point where you've got the group of these young actors who were at, literally at their peak, and you can imagine them all sitting around, because they all knew each other. They were all, oh, well, two of them were bloody brothers. Uh, and they were mostly boss to make a Western, wouldn't it? Yeah, it well, was. I was going to ask that. Would it have been so successful with unknown actors? I don't, I, I, don't I, I don't think it would have, because I think it was... You know, People went to see them. Yeah, and it, it's a little bit of a cheesy film. There's like the, the the writing's not great. It's a bit over dramatic and 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 bit and you know cliches and stuff. But also again, touching on that meta before meta, a lot of the cliches because they were they were Western genre cliches. So yeah. they were sort of playing with that a little bit which um, you can't ignore when you make the no. western because people expect to see certain things anyway yeah, don't they people do things in the same way and this person will do xyz and it, you know the characters and this is what i mentioned before but the characters are quite bog standard hence why i do like doc to keep something because he's a little bit not quite as obvious so how can we watch it uh, it's not on any of the streaming Free streaming. It's not though. No. Not, so not it's a freebie on Netflix. Not, right? no. not a freebie. So if you do want it, um, buy it from a video store, an ex rental VHS <laughs> copy. Um, or, Dead easy to track down. Oh, there, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's loads and loads of. Um, basically, the, the usual if you can buy and rent from Prime and Google and, 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 and YouTube like that, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's shockingly I couldn't find it anyway. No, that's. Uh, well, could they make a third one? Could you bring everyone back? Everyone's still pretty famous. The days are there about, aren't they? Yeah, it would. Do you know what would be quite interesting? That, I can't really remember the second one, so I can't remember who's still going. Yes. Which we'd yeah. have to go and watch the second yeah. one again. Yeah, yeah, we are doing Because that. our listeners probably sitting there going, well, there's only one character left. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have to maybe re- we'd have to maybe watch the second one again, but. I think well, the second one was no. Was, not quite it was a bit of a cash in um, and I did mention because it would be I didn't mention before about the writer John Fusco one of the notices Um, the film he wrote just before this um, is Crossroads have you ever seen with Ralph Macchio from Cratiket yes so basically, he's he's a young, um, classically trained guitarist who finds the blues, and it's set in like the late seventies, early eighties. And I've never heard or seen of it. And obviously, I, I you know, I, I play guitar and love music. It popped up on something, and I went and dug it out, and it brilliant film, absolutely fantastic. It was that was John Fusco's first film, and then from that he went on to Young Guns. So it was like. Oh, they're two great right. films. He went on. He's had a bit of a um, bit of a strange career. He does he does a series of animated films called Spirit around a stallion. I think he may have some in um, Native Indian heritage as well. So I think he's explored quite a lot. Spirit, yeah. Um, and then he went on to do Marco Polo, the next Netflix series, which is one of the first series that Netflix did. Did you ever see any of that? No. Um, I remember I, I did see it I need to go back and revisit I think it got cancelled after the second series so you didn't really go but it was really quite good um, and then he did The Highwaymen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson have you seen that? yes that's really good yeah Re- that's, a, that's, oh, that, that's recent isn't it? yeah, yeah. that's a Netflix movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh really um, good yeah 
So again, I think I forgot to put in. So John Fusco is quite interesting, bit part career, but he's a bit of an interesting. So that crosses a little bit into if you do like Young Guns, what else would you like, and what else does it kind of remind you of, or is there any other recommendations on the back of this? Right on the back, I've got a few here. Is without Young Guns, you don't get Unforgiven. Which followed a few years later. You don't get Tombstone. Yeah, and you don't get Dances with Wolves. All it's those three, night, yeah. all those three films came because the a Western was not a studio yeah. wasn't touching a Western before Young Guns, and it, Unforgiven uh, was on ninety two. Tombstone was ninety four, which I thought was earlier. Yeah, I thought it was earlier. Uh, Tombstone, you, you, by the way, is one of my favorite films. You're right, because even though we're talking about Clint Eastwood and we're talking like Kurt Russell was massive at the time, wasn't he? Uh, mm. What was the other, what was the other Western Dances set? with Rose. Dances with Rose, obviously, Kevin Costner was like massive movie star. Trying to convince the studio probably to make a Western at that time. Your first point of call would be, well, Young Guns made <laughs> yeah. 50 million. Yeah. You know, which again, from a 30, that was a lot of money at the but time. But the thing is, we've always mentioned this before, is the context of how much it costs and how much yeah. it raised. And I mean, you're always looking for the zone ratio. It cost, fifth, cost 30 million, you made 45 million at the time. It's probably gone on and made like, more and more. And, and all them films you mentioned went on to like be huge they and critically acclaimed. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Well, Dance Rules made one best film and best director, yeah. didn't he? Um, Unforgiven is quite noted as Clint Eastwood's best film ever. And I, think, I don't think there's an argument to say you're it. Yeah, it's like a proper thing. It's definitely, it's definitely in this it's right top, up there. top five films. And then while time. you're on there, you know, genre-wise, the, this what I mentioned before, the, the Western genre is fascinating because there's, there's stuff in there. You can go back and have a look at some of the classics. The Magnificent Seven, the original yeah. Magnificent Seven. High Noon is a fantastic film because it's all, it's about, I think, the late, early 1950s or something. It's all in real time. It's all a lead up to to an event, and it's all like right. literally the clocks clicks, and it's real time leading. Fantastic films stands up so much today, um, and then you've got your big John Ford, um, John Wayne, like your Rio Bravos and your Stagecoach. You know you want to go to your classic westerns, and then you've got your spaghetti westerns from the 60s and 70s so you've got to go and see Good, Bad and Ugly Once Upon a Time in the West anything by C.J. Leo and Ian Clint Eastwood is all sub-genre and that, that is the real anti-hero um, and then I also put down Butch, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is something you yeah, need to go I think that. you've got to and then just to bring it round to today TV series Godless on Netflix is absolutely, so I seen that, yeah. absolutely is fantastic. That, um, I've forgotten the actor's name now. Jack O'Connell is it? I think so. It's, yeah. I can't. There's not. They're not big, big actors, but it's 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 fantastic. I remember watching it on Blue Wave by, and also Yellowstone. So Yellowstone, I haven't seen. Oh my god! It's. I know it's so it's it's Taylor Sheridan, isn't it? Who, yeah, who made so, it. And he's made a whole universe of it. Now you've got so, that, and you, he's made sub series and everything. Yellowstone, the original one, is set in today's time, and then he's gone back and done one eighteen eighty three, which is the first year, which is some cast. some of the best TV I've I've seen in the last twelve months. By and the new one nineteen twenty three mm. is coming out with I don't know. Like, 
Harrison Ford and Helen oh, Mirren. Yeah. It's fun. So, it, it, you know, that's what I love about... I've talked really more about the genre of the Western and you like you, there's a whole catalogue of stuff to go back and watch there. So one I would mention, because you've mentioned Dance with Wolves and then I'm glad, like, you obviously then um, mentioned, like, his latest series, but Open Range. Have you ever seen Open Range, which is a Western with Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall? It rings a bell, so That you? is probably one of, like, the top ten westerns of all time, I would say. You're going to have to watch. Okay. That is definitely one to, to add to your list. Uh, but this week, it was all about young guns. So, listener, watch it if you can.